0: i
1: everybody, welcome to the 3 Angry Gamers Podcast. With me as always is Corey. Hello. And uh, Lucas is not joining us this week. He's, uh, I don't know, he's, he's DMing the hell out of uh, a kitchen right now. I guess that's probably, you know. <laughs> They're like, uh, we can't see- find those plates there, Lucas. And he's like, roll a spot check. <laughs> Search check. Uh, yeah. John, if you haven't heard much of him, it, it's because he's on our D&D episode, so if you haven't heard that stuff, go listen to it. It's pretty fun. I,
0: I try I try to bring the humor.
1: Yeah, well, that's all we can do, right? Um, alright. Now uh, let's get to the, the, the news, but before we do, com has all the nerd-friendly stuff that you love. So once you have your own personal style picked out, you enter Nerds at checkout for ten percent off their already incredibly low prices. With low prices and free shipping, there's no reason not to check out GeekAndGamerGear.com today. All right, uh, let's get to the first bit of news this week. Uh, Marvel and Square Enix announced a partnership. They're going to be working together to make some games. Let's oh boy! Start... What do you well? What do you think, Corey? Is this good news or bad news?
2: What do you think? I'd say it's good news. I mean, it's nice to see Marvel finally stepping away from the Activ- Activision market, thank God. And looks like they're going to double down on making actual AAA quality games now. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, you got to look at it this way. Uh, Marvel being owned by Disney. Disney already had a setup with Square Enix as far as, like, Kingdom Hearts goes and all that. So, I mean, I, I, I just look at it as, as another step forward be- before the Marvel-Disney kind of... Set up. Yeah.
2: Good point. Also, we hear about what students are working on. Which? Uh,
1: well, we know that uh, the Deus X, or no, the team that worked on the new Lara Croft game, the Tomb Raider game.
2: Yeah, Crystal mm-hmm. Crystal Dynamics.
1: Yeah, apparently they're working on an actual Avengers game, and then it's rumored that uh, the team that worked on Deus X, Mankind Divided, is working on a like, Guardians Minos. of the Galaxy game. So.
2: Oh, uh, yes, I was Montreal, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. it is good though. Um, I mean, Marvel's been well, making games, but they've all been a lot of them have been free to play, like Marvel Heroes and Contest of Champions and all that. I mean, decent yeah. games, but by no means are they like triple A quality games. It's kind of meant like just go in and pay what you want and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Which is well, I'm fine. just. I'm kind of. i kind. I'm kind of hoping for a mmo style marvel game kind of like dc has Mm
1: -hmm.
0: but it's 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 one of those that it's kind of going to be hard to do simply because if you do just the basic like story like mark like dc did it's just going to be everybody's going to be basically mutants there's no kind of like there's no there's not going to be like the radioactive spider bite, or or anything like that, it's mm-hmm. just going to be everybody's mutants.
1: Yeah, which kind of is a little weird. Um, I mean, now, it, the only
0: way the only way that I could see that they could do something decent with that is if they went back in time, but to before the last re, to before the last big reset and redid the Civil War, the 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 original Civil
1: War. Yeah. That would be a pretty good, like, basis for a a story if you're going to do an MMO. Because, yeah, the DC uh, Universe Online, it's a decent MMO. It's not, like, the greatest or anything, but, like, it's pretty fun. But, I mean, Square Enix has had
0: at least, like, I'm not super fond of Final Fantasy XI, but it wasn't a bad game. Final Fantasy XIV, I've loved it. Ever since I started playing it in the beta. There you
1: go. I haven't even played Final Fantasy fifteen yet. So I have no clue if that's any good. Yeah. But...
0: Well, I played the demos. And I for some reason, I did not like the gameplay mechanics in it. So it, it's kind of thrown me kind of for a loop on there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But, uh, yeah. Corey, what do you think? Is this, uh, is this the exciting partnership you were hoping for?
2: Um... um... Sure. Yeah. I'm curious to see what they, what they do, how the games will turn out. They can't be any worse than what we got with the MCU in the beginning with Activision at least.
1: Oh yeah, those are just terrible. Like the Actually, I didn't mind the first Iron Man game. That was actually not bad, but uh, some of the other ones were just terrible.
2: Yes, like the Incredible Hulk, Thor. They made an Iron Man 2 one that was pretty bad.
1: I, yeah, yeah, they made an Iron Man 2, but... Yeah. You see, that's how bad it was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like that's must be must be indicative of how bad it is. Um. So speaking of Square Enix, uh, the Deus Ex franchise is now on hiatus. So the last one, Human Revolution, apparently didn't sell that well. So and kind of what Well, I, I
0: mean, I I haven't played it, but from what a lot of things of what I was I seen in it it, it looked a lot like they were just trying to remake the first one.
2: It, uh it played a lot like the first one but i didn't I didn't think that was actually a bad thing because I, I do adore the first one at least they uh,
0: don't get me wrong the first one was great but it was just like it a lot of what I seen of it just seemed like repetitive of the first one
2: yeah but I think it had some good level designs, and the story wasn't story wasn't pretty pretty bad but uh the only thing i say was the ending was pretty abrupt but apparently they cut that off to make more of these and now we're not gonna get any more and it's a shame
0: well, it's not that we're not going to get any more until they say we're not going to get any more. It's like right now they've just put it on hold from getting more. It, it's one of those It's one of those things where it's... We have ideas, but we don't have the funding or or the drive or something like that. Well that's,
2: that's kind of what's Garenix saying. I think that's going to hurt the franchise because this took like five years to get Mankind Divided. Part of the first one, the marketing wasn't great either. Ex- either, like the augment yeah. your pre-order nonsense.
1: Yeah, I think too. Now that they have Marvel too, it's almost like, yeah, take this franchise which has been a little ho hum sales-wise, just work on Marvel instead. Marvel's gonna, I mean, the Marvel game is obviously gonna probably sell like hotcakes, but I imagine that's probably partially it too, right? Like if you have well, a I mean, you're looking. Too, you're looking at something that
0: is widespread known versus something that's just going to be... Okay, some people know it from the previous game, and so on and so forth.
1: Yeah, it's got a little bit of uh, diminished diminished uh, attention on it. Alright. Um, Sony announced that the PlayStation Now service will no longer support PlayStation 3 or Vita... No, so, are you gonna play PlayStation? Well, PlayStation now on your Vita, Corey.
2: I don't use it on my Vita.
1: <laughs> part <laughs> part of the problem, right there.
2: I'm gonna the no reason to. I don't really like the control well, scheme for it on those kind of games anyway. The
0: only, the only, the only downside to that is not getting like it. Like, granted. I'm I'm under the assumption now that we're not going to be getting any more new games from those.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And of course with them saying that oh, we're not gonna be supporting PlayStation now and the Vita, it's going we're everybody's gonna be going, Well, what's gonna be the new big handheld console from Sony? Yeah.
1: That's even are going a new one. Yeah. They might just be like, Oh eh, you have phones, good enough." That's kind of what Nintendo's doing right now, in a way, with uh, all of their phone phone games that they're releasing. Yeah, they're almost just starting well, I mean, to understand that. Like,
0: there's there's a lot of different ways to look at it. I mean, because yeah. right now it's just PlayStation Now. It's not they're not stopping support on PS3 or Vita. They're just stopping it on on for PlayStation Now. Uh. But a lot of the stuff on PlayStation now are PS3 games that you can't play on PS4 and some older games and stuff like that. But most of it's just like, okay, a lot of it is you can get stuff that's on cross-console. Yeah. And that's kind of the, the okay, we're, we're, we're stopping on supporting the stuff cross-console on these two consoles.
1: Yeah, and you know, I think it's partially the fact that yeah, you know, people just probably were not using it on their uh, on their Vita or PlayStation Three as much. So
0: yeah, because everybody has a PS Four by now, or yeah, or they're getting or they're getting around to getting it, and it, it, it's kind of the it's the precursor to saying okay, these systems are outdated now. We're we're not going to be putting out games. We're not going to be putting anything out for these systems anymore because either everything's moving over to ps4 or we're planning on putting out a new handheld console
1: the thing is like i i tried playstation now for a month and i tried it on my vita and it's funny because like in in, I, in concept it's not a bad idea because it works but the only problem is is that you know in order for you to reliably get that uh you know stuff downloaded you're gonna e- either need a data plan for your Vita which I definitely don't have. I have my on a Wi-Fi model. And I'm thinking well, I like...
0: have I have the data model
1: and oh, I okay. mean granted the
0: uh the when I got it I got mine like almost three years ago. Okay. And I don't know if it's still the same now, but back then, everything like all the vitas went through AT and T. And like because I was overseas at the time, I had to get the the global data plan, which was, like it was it was a bit more expensive. For like the lowest the lowest setting on it was like thirty bucks, and it was like one to two gigs data. And it was like 30 bucks where that was like ten dollars for the American like non-data plan. yeah That's so kind of I the mean thing with the Vita,
1: like I always like the idea of it, it was, like, hey, you can have a data plan, you can play your game with multiplayer wherever you go. but then yeah, they were just it, a lot of people were saying they were really expensive and not worth it.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, it, it is. If, if you want if you want enough data to actually play a game then yes, it's it's fairly expensive.
1: Yeah. Like, I'm thinking too, like, if you wanted to play, like, a game off PlayStation Now, you would need to either be on Wi-Fi or have, like, a really, like, good data plan because there's no way you're going to be yeah. streaming well, I think Red Dead Redemption that's the thing. to a Vita,
0: you know. I mean, at the time when I had, mm-hmm. when I actually was paying for a data plan and everything on my Vita, it, there was no unlimited data plan through, through it on for AT&T. So... Playing on, and back then, they didn't have Now on the Vita, so playing Now on the Vita, unless you have a an un, unlimited data plan, it's kind of pointless. Yeah. Unless you have Wi-Fi, of course.
1: Yeah. So I'm not too shocked by this news. I feel like this is probably, I could have seen this coming, but I wonder if this will also drive down the price of PlayStation Now because it's only going to be supporting one console. Right now it's a little expensive at like twelve dollars a month or something like that.
0: Well, yeah I mean you're looking at you're looking at several things here you're looking at uh, yes it's only being supported on one console, but uh, what how, how often are they updating it what uh, I'm not saying new games as far as new games to get put on it but new games that weren't on it before being put on it and things like that is gonna that's that's what affects the price
1: yeah we'll see it'll be interesting to see how it changes now that it's not supporting the other two consoles because i imagine you'll have to add some value in there somewhere but yeah uh, yeah uh pewdiepie everyone's favorite youtube streamer Mm. uh well, not anymore, because he's been dropped by both YouTube and Disney over anti-Semitic content. Smart. <laughs> yeah,
0: I actually watched a video last night of uh, Markiplier's response to all of this, and I kind of agree with a lot of a lot of what he was saying. It's all about respect and how we're all just people, and you can't just. Like I understand, I understand where Disney comes from with their with the with with their with their philosophy because they have strict guidelines and things like that. But YouTube, YouTube is it's always been one of those okay. If you're if you're getting into this, yeah, he might have said something stupid, and he's apologized for it. Yeah. But when when you get to it, when you get down to it, it's. Freedom of speech. If he feels that way, if that's his opinion, whether it's good or bad, that's his opinion. Yeah. He still he still got all of those followers, all of those likes, all of those views from his content. It's not and and he and it's like it's like anything when 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 you have a celebrity if they say one thing, like that objectifies something they. It falls into slander.
1: Mm. Well, the thing is, too, is like, you know, I think this goes for anybody, really. If you start making your own content and then eventually, you know, big companies want to start backing you because they see your popularity. I mean, maybe when you were doing it on your own, you could do stuff like that. But when you start to invite all these partnerships with people who have their own needs and uh, policies for stuff like that, like... You you sort of it's a case of you wanted popularity you, you got that but you it comes at a cost like you have to then well see watch.
0: here's the thing though there here's the thing though he got that popularity before these companies even or before Disney even joined in I can see Disney going okay yes you pushed a little too far we're dropping you but YouTube that's what that's where like he made his popularity on YouTube yeah. then YouTube goes hey we're starting this new thing. And we want we want you to help back it or we're going to back you to do this on this new thing. And then now he goes, okay, I'm going to say this, even though at the time he didn't think it was wrong. But he goes back and apologizes because, yes, it was it was not necessarily the right thing to say. But then YouTube, who who has basically said. You made us popular. Because YouTube wouldn't be as popular as it is if it wasn't for like the big name YouTubers, and PewDiePie being one of the biggest, he helped make YouTube
1: essentially famous. Yeah. So well, especially them's... for his that demographic, right? Like the people well, yeah. who watch those you uh, watch, or you know the the
2: Let's Plays, everything else. Let's Plays,
1: yeah. That's yeah. Cool. I want to call them you plays. I'm like, that's not what i <laughs> <called." laughs>
0: Uh but yeah, I mean it's 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 one of those things that it's like, okay, you can say you can say he's in the wrong, you can say they're in the wrong. I mean, it's gonna go back and forth. It it's one of those things that it's like it's like politics. Yeah. Somebody's wrong, but nobody wants to admit it.
1: Well He's admitted
0: that what he said was wrong. Yeah. So we should just to me personally, it's just like drop it, move on. If those two dropped him, yeah. that's their loss. He's going to find another outlet to get his yeah. views, his popularity, everything like that. He has a fan base. It's not that he doesn't, it's that these companies were trying to use his fan base to make themselves money. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's how it works. Yeah. The thing is, too, is uh, you know, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna find someone eventually because he's a very popular. Oh guy. Yeah. He, yeah, he he. People he will... like him
0: even 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 like even if he messes up, even if a lot of people that used to like him don't like him because of what he said, people are still gonna come to watch him.
1: Yeah, that's that's the thing. All right, mm-hmm. moving on. The last guardian <laughs> receives a permanent price cut. So was uh closer to 69 something usd now it's down to 39 so uh yeah quite a bit less fyi i, well, I mean
0: price cuts, price cuts happen the older games get now the the odd thing for me is that the such quick progression to the price cut normally it takes longer now yeah. I don't exactly know the exact like reviews and how well it did, but as far as like the game goes, normally normally it takes like quite a while before you get that big of a price cut. Like normally it'll drop yeah. from like it like it'll drop like ten fifteen dollars and then down and then down and then after it reaches about the the level where it's at now, where it jump down to that much that quick it usually that's when it gets the big price cut down and usually that's like years later
1: yeah it's probably because they sony probably just wants to get this all out the door and done with because you know part of it is too that uh the company that made it kind of disbanded halfway through production and i think the idea being that they only really stayed together just to get that game finished and now that it's out they're just like Ah, uh, we're done. So, I imagine that Sony, partially too, just wants to recoup whatever money they can. They're gonna p- probably treat this as a loss, even though, ooh, eh, it's probably a loss. I mean,
0: well, I mean, how well, how well did it did it do? Because well. I mean, it didn't do well it, at all. It no. didn't. No, because I know there was huge hype over. Everybody was talking about it up until it came out, and then I heard like almost nothing about
1: it. Yeah. No, um, I kind of heard that it wasn't selling that well, and, uh... Well, no, I don't
2: think you mean cracked the top ten of months or anything, so, yeah, it didn't do well at all. Yeah. Review-wise, like, I think people liked it well enough, but it meant, meant just for, like, an older game, like, you know, with older controls and whatnot that didn't really work for 2016. That's about it.
1: Yeah. Like, the lowest I saw for it was, like, seven out of tens, which is still pretty good, uh, but yeah, go check it out, uh, while you can, before it disappears forever. Uh, as, as, uh things like well,
0: that can happen. games don't just disappear forever, they, they disappear in the back shelves.
1: <laughs> yeah. It was like the other day, like, I booted up my Xbox 360, I'm like, oh, I want to download the X-Men arcade game, play that, it's not available, and I'm like, the fuck, I know I got this for the 360, where, why can't I find it? I found out that it got delisted off the store. So even though I technically own a license for it, it's, it's now just gone. Like, <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I found that uh, on my on my Xbox 360, I've actually had to to get certain games to, to re-download certain games. I've actually had to go into old downloads and download them from there. Oh, wow. Because they're still there. Like I said, they're still there it's just kind of like archived into the back and you can't see it anymore.
1: Yeah. Um, Alright, next up. Pillars of Eternity 2 was announced. Uh, the movie was put on to crowdfunding sites to basically raise money. And uh, got crowdfunded in less than a day. So people like their Pillars of Eternity, I guess. Uh, well,
0: I mean, I, I, remember, I remember when... Pillars of Eternity first came out cuz mm-hmm. I was working at uh I was working at Walmart at the time and I was there when it like the day it was released and I know here like nobody went after it like it wasn't yeah. like a big a big thing so I really don't know a whole lot about that it just seems like okay it was it was a new game and I looked at it and it was just like okay not really my thing so I kind of just like pushed it off to the side
1: yeah well it's uh the idea behind it is that uh, the developers who worked on it used to work on dungeons and dragons video games for the longest time so never winter and stuff like that yeah and then uh they wanted to do their own thing so they made pillars of eternity which very much in the vein of those games so and it's like D actually where like you create a character give them mm-hmm. some skills and stuff like that and then you go through it. it's essentially just like uh like a top-down uh, RPG that you just go yeah. through and you interact with people. Well, around. I
0: mean, the last, uh, the last D&D game I played was, like, back in the, like, late 90s, early 2000s, and that was uh, Ruins of Mithranor. Okay. So, so, and that was based off of third edition D&D, and it was just, like, like, the game itself was great, but, mm-hmm. like, the, the content, or the, I guess the difficulty of it was just kind of, like, over the top. Because, like, literally, like, the first, like, I, I, he wasn't a boss, but, like, the first, like, big, like, battle was just so difficult simply because if you didn't have a specific character class... Or you didn't like somehow manage to find some sort of magical weapon. You could not damage this guy, and he and it did horrendous damage. Oh, and it and it and of course it's like it's like basic D anD D where it takes like a god awful amount of experience to to level up. Yeah. So by the time like you like this this fight shouldn't have been happening until like at least, like, level, like, I would say, like, 5 or 10, and you're forced to fight it, like, at level 2, like, 2 and 3. Oh.
1: That's weird. Hmm. Yeah, I never... I never heard of that game before. I only got into yeah. Pillars, like, just randomly when it came out, because... Yeah. I remember it was on Steam, and Steam did, like, a little bit of a... Like, it wasn't a big sale, when it first came out, but I think it was like 10 or 20% off. And I'm like, eh, I don't have anything else to play at this time. I'll check it out. And then I really got into it. And then, yeah, the past year when we've been getting to Dungeons and Dragons, I was like, hey, this is totally crimping on Pillars of Eternity. When it's like, it's probably <laughs> the other way around. But, you know, yeah. I'm just like, I don't
0: know. well, I mean, you got to figure D&D started back in like the 70s. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think the I think the first edition of D and D came out in like '78. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's been around. So more than likely, yes, Pillars. Pillars is loosely based off of D and
1: D. Oh yeah, Oh, totally. Like the the, the from the character interactions to combat to character creation, it's all pretty much D and D as far as I can tell. Yeah. Uh, but it's but to... you also
0: have to you also have to figure that video games and like the tabletop stuff like we like we've been doing. There's there's a lot of things that you can do like on the tabletop that you can't do in a video game.
1: Yeah. Like there's just certain creative parameters I guess that aren't uh, placed on you. You can literally do whatever you want when you're doing it. On yeah. The board. But, uh, yeah, it got uh, announced and crowdfunded, and uh, I'm excited because the first one was actually, like, it kind of took me by surprise that I didn't really know what to expect, and then, you know, here I am, like, 120-ish hours into the game, and I'm like, man, I should probably do something else with my life, I've been playing this for so long. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah. Uh, On to Corey's, like, the biggest news for Corey this week, Crash... Mm. The Insanity, uh, you know, trilogy or whatever they're calling this thing, it's got a release date, Corey. June yep, 30th. June. Are you excited?
2: Yeah, I'm excited to go back and replay those games remastered from the ground up. See what yeah. they did with it.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, worth knowing that. Yeah, it's the first three Crash games: so Crash One, Crash Two, and Crash Three. So. Not bad. No crash team racing though. I'm a little disappointed by that, Corey. That was crash
0: team that. racing. Back when back when they were trying to make racing games out of everything. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Because everybody wanted to get in on the Mario Kart craze, so there's like, oh, we'll do this and we'll do this, and because you, you had Sonic Team Racing, Crash Team Racing.
1: I feel like even at a certain point too, there was like a Transformers racing game.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there was racing games for like everything.
1: Oh yeah, there was a tra- uh, Transformers racing game. There you go. Not yeah. surprised. Um, <laughs> EA and Bioware are launching a new action franchise by April twenty eighteen. What could it be? Um,
0: like Bioware. I love Bioware's work but EA on board EA hasn't really been known for much more than their sports stuff.
1: Mm. Yeah. I mean, so, they they try. Like they they're they are always... Yeah, they've
0: tried, but like everything other than their, than their sports tr- their sports stuff has just kind of been like flops. Yeah. That or no one ever like, either, either they, either they were huge flops, like people were really looking forward to them, and they were let down, or no one's ever heard of them.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, is that uh, I think aside from Mass Effect and Dragon Age, there's probably not too many franchises that they have that really kind of stand out too much. Yeah. Like, they used to have Dead Space back in the day, but whatever the hell happened to that?
0: Well, I mean, three they games. put out, what, the three games and the the little, like, animated movies, and that was pretty much it. Yeah. They told the story, and then it ended.
1: Yeah. I always thought there'd be more games in that franchise, but I guess not, so... Um, but yeah, as for this new franchise, it's like, I don't know. Not
0: to say that they couldn't do more Dead Space based stuff. I mean, they can write new stories for it. That's not, that's not the big deal. It's just that.
2: Yeah. Eh. Make them less like 3. 3 wasn't that great. Uh.
0: It, sequels and games are a lot of times like sequels and movies. The first one, okay. Second one, okay, it's better. Third one, what the hell did you do to this thing?
2: Trying to make it an action game instead of a horror game. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, Dead Space was kind of like action horror.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't say action action like three was. I think three was oh, when no. that really went the, went, the, went the extra step. Yeah. That really helped.
0: Well.
1: Yeah. True. Yeah, I always like. I really liked the first two games when they came out, and then when the third came out and I was like, hey, I want to give this one a try, I was like, oh, it's not that good. <laughs> it was almost like they just kind of ran out of ideas, too, so, uh, but, uh, yeah, who knows what this new franchise is? I'm going to guess right now that it's going to be uh, like an action spy franchise. Sort of like a splitter cell or milker solid. Call it yeah, that. I could see that. We we need a few more games like that in our lives. Um, all right. Valve is working on three virtual reality games. What could they be? What do you think, Corey? What do you want? What do you want these games to be?
2: Oh, I don't play with Valve games.
1: So, Left 4 Dead 2, all all across the board for you. I well, we'll never play that. You, what? I didn't have an Xbox back the in the day.
0: <coughs> I have... Was, Left for Dead was on Xbox, too.
1: Didn't play Xbox. Hmm. Arthur Corey's never played Left for Dead. Is kind of surprising. Well, I, I never had an both. Xbox.
0: Oh. Well, it was on PC, too, so...
2: Didn't have a proper PC to play it.
0: Ah. Because I played both Left for Dead 1 and 2, and, like, I know there's been rumors about a Left for Dead 3, so if it is a possible VR game, that'd be fantastic.
1: Oh, yeah. I'd be all down for that. Yeah. Yeah, because, um, they didn't say what these VR games would be, whether they're, like, new franchises or old ones, but, uh... True, true. I like I would imagine that uh yeah, maybe maybe Half Life Three finally. <clears throat> I mean yeah. yeah. The day that happens will be like the day that like Nerdm just like loses their shit. It'll be like when they announced the, the Final Fantasy seven remake and the Crash Bandicoot remake. People were like, the 90s are back again. Yeah. But yeah,
0: it's it's one of those things that if they can if they can pull off uh, a big group like that, <laughs> a big revival. God, Jesus. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of classic games that new gamers have no clue about that were just fantastic. And then you have like the huge classic games that everybody's just like, oh, my God, they're redoing that. If yeah. if if Valve can do something like that, and bring something like they've that they've already done, be it like the Left 4 Dead series or Half Life or anything like that, and bring it and have it updated into VR and like updated graphics, updated storyline, everything like that, then yeah, it, it's 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 the chance to run wild with your nostalgic gamers and with the, like, new group that goes, oh, what is this? There's a huge big hype over it. I'll check it out. And then they go, oh, this is awesome. There were games before this one. I'm going to go back and play them.
1: Yeah. Wait, this is Half-Life 3? There's two more before it? What? Exactly. Yeah. But we'll see. Uh... Valve is notorious for saying things and not doing them so we'll see what happens they are they they talked about Half-Life 3 for like the longest time being like yeah it'll come out in a year it's like no never came out Uh, the Deep Down game which was shown off for PS4 got it's uh, it's um, trademark kind of renewed again by Capcom so what do you think what do you think, Corey, the deep down expert?
2: My deep down expert.
1: I just decided <laughs> that you're the expert on deep down.
2: Well don't. I don't know anything about it. Just had his dragons and a knight.
1: Looks like it's ripping off
2: Dark Souls. Just saying.
0: Well, I yeah. mean everybody's trying to get on the Dark Dark Souls craze because I mean I mean look at the the new Zelda game where they're like the, even the creator said, yeah, I got inspiration for the new Zelda game from Dark Souls.
1: I, I mean, come my, on. Some, one of my favorite webcomics is uh, Link entering the world of Dark Souls and he's uh, like yeah. so ready to start his adventure and then the skeleton just like stabs him through the chest. Like, this is
0: Dark Souls, bitch. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I love that. Let's start our adventure. Nope. Uh... But, uh, yeah, no, no, this game looks fun. I'm trying to figure out what the gameplay would be like, like if it's going to be more action or RPG, but...
2: Uh, yeah. Eh, since, like, PS4 launch, I'm not expecting to see anytime soon, oh, really. Yeah. I almost wonder if, like, someone's going to come out on stage and be like... I don't
0: know. I mean, a lot of it kind of reminds me of uh, the Dragon's Dogma series.
1: <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. That one kind of came out to little to no fanfare, but over the years it's grown a following. Mean...
0: Well, I mean, it's like when I first cause I have it when I first played it I was like, Okay, it's not really like that great. It takes it takes some time to get into and it doesn't exactly like start like when you first start playing, it's just like, okay. It's slow starting. It's not like jump in action pace like huge storyline from the beginning like you have to work into it before you even get to go okay what the hell this is the storyline nah. like literally it starts out like a D campaign it goes you're here
1: this happened
0: Go. So, what are you going to do you're like
1: what wait what this is sound like a great plot to me
0: well I mean like it it as long as as long as they can like put a good story to it like I'm looking at, at uh images right now on Google and it's just i mean the 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 graphics look fantastic yeah but it, it it's a lot of people's like oh there's 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 certain people that goes that go oh this is we want like the best graphics, all of this, and then I'm I'm the type of person that goes, yeah, it can have great graphics, everything like that, but I want a story that pulls me in. Yeah.
1: Well, you can have great graphics too, but I mean, if the gameplay is not fun or if it's too hard or whatever, you're probably not going to be playing it for that long anyway. So.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to look at it this way. Uh, you want? Do you want a an, a game that's going that you're going to complete in four hours, or do you want a game that's going to take you nine, ten, twelve hours to to complete? Yeah. Uh, I'm looking. And at, like, most people most people nowadays go, I want something that's going to be quick and short. And you're like, that's pointless. Yeah. You're not going to get a good story if it's something that's going to be quick and short.
1: Well, if you have the money to buy all those games, maybe, but. Not all of us do. Um, yeah. I'm seeing here that uh, like Dark Souls, there's a creature that disguises itself as a chest and then attacks you when you try to open it. And I'm like, yep, totally mimic. ripping off Dark Souls. Well, mimics
0: started back in D&D that as far as I know of. Okay. The original mimic was in D&D. It was a treasure chest that was a monster that when you went to open it, it would eat you. So, Mimics aren't new. Okay. Even for Dark Souls. They've they've been around for quite a while. Like, Mimics were even back in, like, the original Final Fantasy games.
1: Hmm. That's interesting. I never even knew that. But, uh... Let's see. What else here? What's next in the news? Call of Duty going back to its roots. What What, is, what does that even mean? Um... Well, if that's the case, then
0: we might be looking at like kind of a th- that could be that could be very thing the varying different things. Like the original Call of Duties were kind of top-down shooters kind of thing. Yeah, or I think they say it back could to their be roots. if it but... goes, it, or it could mean that it's like they're going back to like world war one world war two kind of settings like they did with uh what was the last game that came out
1: battlefield one
0: no yeah battlefield one but that's yeah battlefield one they could be going back to the, like those roots like battlefield did but battlefield was more modernized before they did one
1: yeah because they had kind of done that before with Battlefield. Like Battlefield never really went too far into the future. They did like the 2142, which is probably the closest thing to that. Um, yeah. But yeah, nothing nothing as uh, as crazy ad- as Advanced Warfare, which I still Cuz I mean, played. you got
0: you got to remember like up until Advanced Warfare, uh Call of Duty 3, Call of Duty 1 and 2 and World at War were Based off of World War One and World War Two. Yeah. So I mean, if they're going back to their roots in that sense, we're going to see more World War One, World War Two settings.
2: Yeah, I'm sure they need to shit things up, especially after they've been doing futuristic warfare for quite a while now. And Infinite Warfare, while well, still being the best-selling game of the of last year, I think it didn't do as well as we we're hoping. Right. What I heard. It still sold millions of copies as as it would, but oh yeah, that's production. That's
0: the name selling price.
2: it though. Yeah,
0: it's like a lot of things. If it has a specific name on it, it's gonna sell.
2: Yeah, I guess I've just start Battlefield One's big success. Yeah, we will go back and get a slice of that pie.
1: All right, let's uh, let's move on away from news onto reviews slash what we've been playing. Uh, if you don't, if you're not too familiar, this is where we basically talk about the games that we've been playing and give our thoughts on them. Alright, um, Corey, let's start with you. What have you been playing recently? Nothing. Nothing?
2: <laughs> I've just been saving my money getting ready for all the games coming up right now.
1: Yes, that's, that's something. That's, uh, that's all I
2: can do. There's so many games coming out now.
1: But You must be playing something.
2: No, I'm not. really not.
1: Looking He's out. watching TV, probably.
2: Yeah, I'm watching... Whoa. I don't want
1: to talk to someone from Manitoba.
2: <laughs> but no, I... I'm sorry, I really haven't generally been playing anything. I've just been waiting for new games to come out.
1: Alright. Uh, what about you, John? What have you been playing? Um, Me?
0: Uh, really and truly, I haven't been playing too much. There's been two games that I've really been playing a lot of kind of mm-hmm. recently, uh, one being Diablo 3, because they keep putting out, like, crazy updates. Because I know in January they had the uh, the throwback. It was, like, one of the anniversaries for the original Diablo. So they had a portal in the old town of Tristram that took you back to the original game, like, the very first, like, after the events of the first Diablo happened. And you could go down through the dungeon of the first Diablo with your Diablo Three characters. So it was it was a very very fun throwback on that. Uh, other than that, I've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy XIV, getting ready for the new uh, Stormblood expansion to come out in July. No, June. Yeah, June.
1: Cool. Cool
0: and go all okay. right so basically like i said the uh getting ready for stormblood i played through the, the basic story for realm reborn okay getting into heaven's warden they added a bunch of new like job classes stuff like that
1: okay
0: and i'm looking forward to the the new job classes that they're adding for Stormblood. Mhm. But like the biggest kind of thing that I'm worried about with Stormblood is they're talking about in, like entirely revamping playstyle.
1: Oh.
0: And I'm sitting there going, "You're doing this on the second expansion, which can be one of two things." And a lot of the things that they're that they're talking about is like seems to be it could like really be detrimental to the to the to the playstyle of it, it like people who have been playing since the beginning since before Rome reborn that managed to get the, a copy of it mhm and it it's one of those things that okay i i can understand that they're, they're trying to attract new players things like that but some of it's just like seems like it it could be hurting some previous like older players so i'm kind of looking forward to seeing what they're doing with that but i'm kind of like also nervous about it too so
1: yeah that's the thing right with a game like that they're constantly sort of updating is that you're really just one update away from them just uprooting everything you work towards right well yeah
0: yeah well i mean like when they when they did uh heaven's ward just the entire like adding the new the new job classes because the new job classes weren't uh attached to any of the previous classes Mm -hmm. it just made you go what the heck are you doing yeah. And in this, and some of the update, some of the, the announcements for the Stormblood expansion is they're basically saying what we did with these job classes from Heaven's we're going to like balance the playing field across all job classes and do it like that.
1: Mm. That's
0: weird. So you can start off as like a, a melee DPS fighter. And then once you hit that level thirty mark, go. I suddenly want to be a mage, so I'm gonna go pick up this class, this job class.
1: Okay, so it gives you some options at least. Yeah, well, that's not too bad.
0: And I, I mean, I didn't exactly like what they did to some of the old, uh, uh, the old job classes in Heaven's War too. Like, I play a bard. Right. In there, and. It's all like to me the bard being, he's like because you start off as an archer and then you become a bard, and it's all about movement. And yes, okay, yes, you have your uh, your songs that do certain things, but then when in Heaven's Word they decided to go okay, if you activate this song and it Mm -hmm. stays on until you deactivate it. It basically, you go from a mobile DPS, a mobile range DPS being able to move around the battlefield and just like hit things to, you now you're a stationary spellcaster.
1: Oh, well there you go.
0: It basically turns all of your attacks into spells, even though all you're doing is like using arrows. Hmm. Strange. Yeah.
1: But, I, mean, I got
0: yeah. a lot of slack because I refused to use it other than, like, specific points. And, like, yes, it boosts, like, damage.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, it, it greatly boosts damage. But the mm-hmm. damage that it boosts, based off of that, based off of the speed in which I was pulling, I'm, I'm pulling off attacks before that, mm-hmm. doesn't match up. Well, I yeah. can pull off more attacks without it and do just as much damage without it as i can with it oh so it's it's kind of confusing on the new the new expansion on what they're going to do but i'm looking forward to it between waiting for that and uh breath of the wild
1: yeah that's what i think a lot of people are waiting for right now is breath of the wild yeah I'm not. Corey just hates all things for Nintendo. I
2: don't hate all things for Nintendo.
1: You just see Mario with his hat, and you're like, "Fuck you." <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was just weird.
1: Well,
0: Nintendo. A lot of people don't realize, but a lot of characters are from Nintendo are very stereotypical.
1: Oh, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Also, I love how like just Toad is like the underrated badass of the entire series. Like, he's really small and tiny, but he's super strong. So.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, if you think back to... Granted, it was the U.S. version of Mm 2, because the U.S. version of 2 was not Super Mario in Japan.
1: No. No, because in Japan, it was essentially closer to what Super Mario The Lost Levels is. Um, just basically more
0: of the same, and then they took. Well, the... the lost levels, the lost levels were Super Mario Two in Japan. Yeah. The Super Mario Two that we know in America, or in, in North America, is actually a totally different game that they decided to go. Oh, we're gonna overlap the pixels from Super Mario onto it. Yeah. Which uh... and. That was the game that basically made out Toad and Princess Peach as being badasses.
1: Yeah, it's just kind of funny because that was actually the first Mario game I played, and then <laughs> I went back and played the first one, and I'm like, "What the hell? This is not Mario."
0: Get yeah, me see, me I started me. on the original Mario, and then moved over to Mario Two, and yeah. I was like, "What?" <laughs> then I went to Mario Three, and I'm like, "Okay, now we're back to now we're back to Mario." Yeah.
1: Well, that's the thing, right? It all just comes back around to Mario Three eventually. Mm hmm. Um Okay. Uh so uh, Corey Cory hasn't been playing anything, so I guess it's my turn. Um uh, I've been playing Resident Evil seven or I was. I already beat it, but I was playing that. That was a lot of fun. What are
0: you what are you playing it on?
1: I was playing it on PC.
0: Ah, uh, because um, I was going to ask you if you played any of the uh, DLC stuff. No, nah, because the PS4 has the the PS4 DLC.
1: No, and the thing is too is there could be DLC for the PC version, but I haven't like logged in for a bit. Well, they
0: haven't, they haven't, they haven't released it for the PC version, as far as I know. Wait, no, today's the eighteenth, I think. They just released it. They There's just that. released the first big DLC. Okay.
1: Because
0: I think the P I think this the stuff on PS4 was like a PS4 kind of exclusive yeah. to start off with. Yeah. It's, it's what I have seen of it, it's just like little mini game type stuff. It's like mini Resident Evil stuff where you play as Clancy.
1: Okay. Yeah, because like I heard there was one where you're like stuck in a bed, and if you try to escape the bed, then the person tries to kill you and all this other weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, that game is full of well, weird little moments like that. So yeah, I'm not the surprised.
0: lost tapes are the the one on the bed. You have to escape the room, mm-hmm. which it does. It does fill you in on a bit of backstory, yeah. which you you're, you're kind of left wondering when you're playing through the game. Mm-hmm. Like when you read some of the notes, and it talks about uh, like somebody escaping or running through the yard, or uh, like with the uh, the dog head uh, things when when they're when they're talking about hiding them because yeah, yeah. people keep like leaving the house. This is what the, the the first two the first two tapes that's been released for for that DLC has kind of filled in that it's been, it it's been Clancy this whole time. So all of this is before the happy birthday tape.
1: Okay. But, uh, yeah, Resident Evil 7. It It's actually pretty good. It, when I was uh, picking it up, I really didn't have any expectation. Because, like, I had played the demo that had come before, but that seemed more like Outlast. It seemed more yeah. like... It, it was not like the Resident Evil I was used to. So... Yeah. Uh, that being said, like I love horror movies. I love horror video games. Like I'll get my hands oh, yeah. on anything like
0: that.
1: Well, Resident Evil
0: seemed to like it was going back. Like when they, when they first announced and they put out the first demo, it was just like, what is this? Yeah, yeah. It, it's like okay, they're going back to their more traditional horror with some with some like action in it instead yeah. of like five and six. That was just like
1: action 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 oh yeah no this definitely seems to be going well it did go back to the roots the thing is though is it's also kind of funny that it balances the traditional resident evil stuff like you know there's uh puzzles finding keys there's Mm -hmm. herbs like there are actual guns which is kind of funny i didn't even realize like when i got a gun in the game i was totally shocked, like, wait, you get guns in this game? Like, I would have thought it would have been, like, you have a screwdriver and maybe a machete or something like that, that's, like, weapons in the game, but, uh, no. Well, it's
0: funny because, like, in 5 and 6, it was just, like, you had a gun from the start. Yeah. So, in this one, starting out, it, it goes back to the roots of, you start with nothing, and you have to find everything it's, like, the true, like, horror survival style yeah. that Resident Evil started back back in the day.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing I like. Well, what I ultimately like about this game is that it is survival horror. Like, you do get guns and you do get other things, but it's all very balanced. Like, you're not going to get 100 bullets or something like that. Like, Oh, yeah, yeah. It's not that uncommon well, for you to have, like, maybe only... 10 to 15 rounds on you Mm -hmm. and you have to be strategic. I
0: love the, uh, I love the, uh, the inventory management system on it where you like, you're sitting there going, well, do I need these extra bullets or do I need this herb? Yeah. Or do I need this healing item or do I want more, more ammo?
1: Yeah. Um, Now as a, a horror fan too, one of the, the franchises I've always been a big fan of was the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And the, the story from this seems to emulate a little bit of that, especially mm-hmm. with, like, the family of cannibals and all this other stuff. Um, yeah. The the things I didn't quite like about this game were the fact that there are boss battles in the game, but they're they're really weird, like... The boss battles are never straight up battles. Like, there's almost always something you need to figure out in order to progress through. And this yeah. can make it either really frustrating if you decided that you weren't going to look at these things up and you're, try- you're just going to try to figure it out on your own. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if you're the kind of person who's going to be reading through a walkthrough guide the entire time, you probably won't be too annoyed by it. But, like, for me, I always will try to beat something in a game on my own first before I go to a guide. Uh, yeah, and for me, I'm the like, same way. I was having to go to a guide for every boss fight because I'm like, I have no clue what I need to do to get this boss to die. Like, it was just getting so frustrating. Oh well. Yeah, uh, and there's not too many boss battles, but there's enough in the game that it's it started to get to the point where it was like, you're oh you're entering a boss battle, and I'm like, great, brings up iPad. It's like, all right, let's bring up that guide again because I'm gonna need it. <laughs> uh, well. And yeah, there is a. Yeah,
0: I have to admit that it's not like it's not one of those that the boss battles aren't blatantly obvious. Like here, you have to shoot right here. No. No. Which to me that makes it kind of fun because then you're sitting there going, "Well, do I just shoot it? Yeah. Or do I waste the ammo and just shoot it and it possibly work? Or do I, like, sit here and, like, investigate while dodging to figure out how to fight this thing?
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. Part of me, uh, for the first little while, was like, hey, I'll try that. Like, I'll try to sort of break down the logic of this boss fight. But then after a while, I'm just like, this is this is just, I don't even get what I'm supposed to do. And then sometimes I would read, like, it would be like, and this is, I'm not going to say what an actual thing is because it's almost a spoiler. But, like... There are, it was like, be like, get a candle and go into this corner of the <clears> room and light this little puddle of oil and then this will light the whole room on fire and then you'll win. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, I didn't Exactly. Know. It's it's like, it's like,
0: really? Really? What? That's all it takes.
1: But it's not something that's going to be completely obvious to you. So,
0: and then, and but see, but see, here's the thing I like about it. It's like, yeah, you have those, like, you, you read the guide and it says, okay, you do this, and that's like the quickest way through it. Yeah. But there, but it's also, yes, you can go through and do it that way,
1: mm-hmm.
0: or there's the harder way where it's just you fight it to the death and hope you have enough ammo.
1: Yeah, that's part of it too, right? Like, and I think with some of the boss battles, there's probably alternate ways around that. So I'd be interested mm-hmm. to see a little bit more about that. But uh, yeah, I definitely liked what I played. Uh, the also too, it does tie into the actual like Resident Evil franchise. So uh, well, that kind of let me ask
0: me you. Let surprise. me ask you this, and I don't necessarily know. It's it's a question that I have,
1: uh-huh.
0: and it's kind of been going back and forth with people and you've finished the game, right? Yeah. All right. In your opinion, does this take place before the other resident evils or
1: after? Uh, well, I get the impression that it's after. Do you? Yeah. Because what if I
0: told you, what if I told you that more than likely you're wrong?
1: Well, I know that some people have mentioned that there's the possibility that, yeah, uh, all of this takes, takes uh, you know, beforehand. But uh, it would be interesting because uh, they don't really give you much in the way of answers. I guess yeah. we, uh, we we'll slap up, stop there's, up there's... a spoiler, you know, and then we can talk about it. So, so, okay, so, well. Spoilers for Resident Evil 7. If you're going okay. to do this. Don't listen
0: to this. Okay, <laughs> okay. So here's 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 a couple of notes that I've taken that says that it's before the other Resident Evils. Okay. All right. Uh, at the end of at the end of all of the Resident Evils, the BS the BSAA gets dissolved. The new the new group that's formed that that uh chris redfield forms afterwards is called umbrella it's not umbrella corporation it's just umbrella
1: okay so you're saying that it's just like it's not the umbrella it's a umbrella
0: well at the end at i think at the end of uh four between four and four and five umbrella the umbrella corporation goes under it's completely destroyed yeah. At at five and six, it's a whole new, it's a whole different group that's that's doing all the terrorism and everything like that.
1: So those uh, are those Chris Cre- two that the Chris Redfield that shows up, definitely looks a lot younger. Yeah, and not,
0: younger. Yes,
1: he's not beefcake from uh, yes RE six or anything like that.
0: Yeah, but I mean, you have to look at it this way too. Uh at the very end of it, when the helicopters are there on the side of the helicopters, it says umbrella corporation.
1: Yeah.
0: Now the only kind of like offset between the two, and this kind of gets into something from uh, the first and second game, the emblem on the side of it where it says umbrella corporation is blue instead of red. Yeah. But in the first two games, the Stars unit was a was a unit in the police force that was created by Umbrella. Okay. And their their emblem was almost identical to Umbrella's emblem, except for it was blue instead of red.
1: Hmm. See. The reason that I seem to think it was after the fact was I just assumed that Chris, along his w- his way, managed to find this helicopter, and just picked it up, and has been just going around mm. doing his own thing. Uh, but to stay under the radar, he kind of does like the rebels do in *Return of the Jedi*. Just gets a fake, fake uh, ship and basically is like, "Yep, we're un- we're umbrella guys." So that was sort of my takeaway about it, but. Yeah, well... I can also, I can also see what, you, what you're saying as well. Yeah,
0: well, I mean, it's a simple fact that uh, it never directly says that Mia works for Umbrella. Mm-hmm. All you know is she's escorting Evelyn to a different site to keep her from being stolen from other groups.
1: Yeah.
0: Other companies. And in the note in the room where uh Alan like when you first meet Alan if there's that note that said basically says like if if anything happens the first thing you do is kill Evelyn Mm. so if you're in basically they make it out that and when you first hear on the radio in the salt mines, the first thing that's said about Evelyn is shoot on sight.
1: Yeah. But uh yeah, Resident Evil seven. I- I'd say check it out. Like I'm gonna give it like an I'd give it like an eight out of ten. Like I'd say it's very good. I wouldn't say it's like perfect or amazing or anything, yeah. but it's good uh i kind of wish there was more to play of it like it does feel like a one and done like i know they have the dlc and all that which i'll probably get through eventually but on my initial playthrough, well i mean it didn't feel like something i'm gonna go back and revisit
0: well with resident evil 7 it's kind of yes they went they went they went back to their roots yeah with with the here's the mansion and you're going through the mansion kind of setup yeah but i mean if you look at this and you look at the very first Resident Evil, Mm -hmm. the very first Resident Evil was a very much one-and-done kind of thing, too. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I don't necessarily need it where there's new characters that you can play as or new weapons or anything, but, I mean, it would have been nice to have something. uh, Yeah. Even if it was like, oh, play through the game as as Redfield now or something like that. Uh,
0: Well... From what I've seen, like at the end, after all the credits and everything, it makes it seem like the new DLC is going to let you play through as you're playing as Chris in the new, or or Redfield in the new, and the new, uh, in the new DLC storyline.
1: Yeah, which makes sense because everyone's been asking how it all connects, so. Yeah. Plus, we'll get the answers to what's really going on with all that stuff. Yeah. Uh yeah. And I did like I did like
0: some of the subtle uh nuances and easter eggs from like some of the older games in in there. Like uh like the gun at the end.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, they love to throw in little winks and nods to the audience. Yeah. Which is cool. Like,
0: oh, we're going to do this and we're going to name this out after a character from one of the older games. You like what?
1: <laughs> Only Resident Evil.
0: Yeah. Uh... Well, I mean, I started out with my whole horror survival style games with the first Resident Evil and the first Silent Hill. Okay. So, I mean, I I very much enjoy those type of games. I kind of I'm kind of upset that we're not going to be getting any more Silent Hills. Yeah. Because the demo that they did, uh, the PT, was really, really fantastic, and everybody loved it. But it's just that, why did it's? It's like, okay, I understand that there's that pressure of people going, we want more. Yeah, but I mean, if 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 it's something that you can do and people will like, people will get into it, like they did with. Silent Hill and Resident Evil then do it I, I think that's that's just like a great thing
1: yeah uh, the other game I've been playing uh, quite a bit of is For Honor I uh, kind of just picked that up on a whim I played the beta last weekend I thought man this looks pretty fun so I started playing. It,
0: it does look pretty good. I haven't got the. I haven't got to play it or anything like that. But
1: yeah. Well, it, it's it's a little hard to describe because even like when I first started playing it, I'm like I have no clue how this game is played. It almost works like a MOBA, and there's certain points you have to control, and the more you control, the more points you get, and all this other stuff. So right. It, it, it's simple in that regard, but then there's like ai controlled uh, soldiers that are constantly coming at you and then you've got uh, the player controlled uh enemies are coming at you and uh, yeah the gameplay switches around like sometimes you're just mowing down the, the soldiers and there's no uh, player controlled heroes around but then you have to like go one-on-one and instead of going to this like just broad action game you're now going to a one-on-one fighting game so it changes its own gameplay when you go on to like a one-on-one battle and uh it's cool because the battle mechanics for the one-on-one is just so much different like it goes from just being like hey tap your button here and just kill as many people as possible to you have to think about blocking and pairing and you have to think of your placement where you're standing and all this other stuff like it almost reminds me of something like dark souls where it's like part of where you like, are and what you're doing influences the actual combat. It's not just hack on your attack button and maybe you can block and that's about it.
0: Right. I know. It, it sounds a lot like they tried to take some of the aspects of like Dark Souls and, and that kind of like single player fighting style. Yeah. And mixed it with like Dynasty Warriors or something like that.
1: Yeah, almost. Um, yeah, like I haven't played Dynasty Warriors in a while, but like, definitely a lot of, like, the, um, like, bladed combat, like, with, like, swords and stuff, uh, I could see that influence, but, uh, yeah, it's fun. It's not the kind of game I feel like I'm gonna be playing too much of, uh, like, I've, I've been playing it, but, like, it's not like a game like Overwatch, where when I got into Overwatch, I just played it for hours on end. This, I played for oh, yeah. a little bit, and I'm just like, eh, I'll play I'll play it again sometime, but I'm good for now, so. Not bad, but
0: Everybody likes my junk rat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I wouldn't say everybody, but a uh, good majority okay, of people... the enemies that... don't like my junk rat. Yeah. They're like, why did I die from that tire?
0: <laughs> no, it's it's where, where where did he hit me from? And then it's like Really? Yeah, really? Yeah. <laughs> it's the you can't see me but I can hit you. Yeah, exactly.
1: Okay, uh, we got a couple emails this week. Uh, actually, only a few. First one's from Scott Nerds. I was thinking about how the new consoles do not have a version with no disk drive and a bigger hard disk or hard drive for download only. I was thinking of adding a skill like that for the PlayStation 4, Xbox One would help target people who prefer a digital-only library. How would you improve the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC gaming? Scott.
0: Hmm. See that's tough because you had you do have those people who are like, I only I only get digital games this this and this and I'm sitting there going okay. Digital games are great, nothing wrong with them, but the issue that I have with digital games a lot of times is if you don't have that bigger disc drive, you're sitting there going, okay, I'm full. What am I going to get rid of to download this new game? Yeah. And then you have these games like, I think, uh, Final Fantasy XIV, the last update, put it up at almost, like, 40 or 50 gigs.
1: Oh.
0: Oh, wow. So, you have these huge, like, games that, as they get updated, it just makes their size bigger. So there's nothing wrong with digital games. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the storage capacity that, that that's gonna be the limitation on it.
1: Yeah. I feel like that's that's a big problem. like yeah, you need to if you were to do a download only console, yeah, you would definitely need a larger hard drive. I mean, I think even on the PlayStation 4 pro, they' now upped it to a terabyte, but even that's like...
0: I mean I have a 500 gigabyte for like PS4. Yeah. And I don't know how many times I've had to sit there and go, well I don't play this anymore. I don't play this anymore. Just to download one game. Yeah. I have to delete like three smaller games just to download one game that I'm wanting to play.
2: Yeah, I that's why I got in my
1: PS4 got a 1.5 drive. Oh, did you upgrade your your hard drive on your PS4? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I do like that about the PlayStation 4, is that they do make it really easy for you to swap out your hard drive. I think uh, they're opening up to where you can get external hard drives now, too. Yeah, yeah, like, they're they're adding external hard drive support, which is great. Um,
0: yeah, that's... Because I know the PS3 had it.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think, too, partially the thing about that, too, is they're, they're worried that... Uh, when you open up your PS4 to add in an internal uh, hard drive, that you could be mucking around with other components. That's why they void the warranty well, yeah. if you try to do that. But if you have an external hard drive, then technically you're not m- muddling with any internal components. So I could see that, that you wouldn't void your warranty in the same way. So that might be a better way of doing things if somebody doesn't want to, say, open up their console and void their warranty, potentially, if they don't know what they're doing right. So but it's funny too because like i know uh a couple hard drive supporters and hard drive companies that like they have a page now on their website which says like hey you want a hard drive for your ps4 here's a ton of them and it's like uh it's good business for uh, for a lot of hard drive Mm -hmm. companies these days um as for me i think uh the biggest thing would be uh sort of just trimming down the consoles, maybe making them a bit more accessible, like that you could bring them with you while you're traveling. Like I don't mean like in a portable sense, but like if you could get like a really small console that you could just bring with you and just plug in. Say you're at like a uh, well, hotel or something. The catch
0: to that, the catch to that, and I and I have this, I have this item. Corey knows about this. I let him borrow it for a while while his TV was getting fixed. I have this case. Ah yes. And literally, the way the case is designed, in the t- like, when you open it up, the top part has a TV mounted into the case. Okay. And the bottom part, literally, it's a cushion that you set your console on. It's you strap the console into it. Mm-hmm. And literally, you close it up, pick it up, and carry it like a like a a briefcase kind of suitcase kind of setup. Right. And literally, like, I remember when I was traveling from Korea back home to the U.S. And I would be, I was sitting in an airport. I had, like, a 14-hour layover. And I'm sitting in, in the airport at the, at the terminal where my flight was going to be. And all I did was pull that case up, open it up, plug in the PlayStation 4, plug in the TV... In the case, and started playing games. Yeah. So they have them. They're a bit on the expensive side. Because I think I paid like 200 bucks for this. It's like a 15-inch screen. So it's a good size screen.
1: hmm
0: Yeah. But yeah, they do have it. It's just...
1: Yeah, well, I always, think that, I always think it's just kind of funny when they say like, "Hey, we have like the PS4 Slim," and I'm like, "It's not that much slim. Like, it's still yeah. something that if you were to take traveling with you would be a bit to lug around." Like, I was always thinking if well, you get something that's well, like, no, this...
2: I've touched that thing. It's pretty freaking light.
1: No, well, but I'm I mean, saying like, gotta, if you were to take we that look traveling, at a lot of
0: people were a lot of people looking at the PS4 Slim, going, "Well, it's not that slim because everybody's going like." a lot of people's, like, ideas of, like, a system going from normal to slim is the PS3. The PS3, like, Fat Daddy to the slim was, like, a huge, huge difference. Yeah. No, totally. Um, Yeah. Because I still have the old PS3 Fat Daddy. And I have a slim also, but...
1: Oh, yeah, I got one of my PS3 that I got was one of the Fat Daddy ones, and uh, I love, too, that, like, I didn't even realize that it was backwards compatible with the other, like, PlayStation 2, PlayStation 1 games, mm-hmm. um, and... Now, uh, there's
0: only certain, there's only certain ones that, like, only certain model of the Fat Daddies were PS2 compatible.
1: Yeah. It was kind of funny, though, because, like, I I didn't realize mine did that, and I asked a friend, my friend's like, no, i the ps3 doesn't play those at all i'm like oh and then i'm like wait i just put a ps2 disc into the set it played and it's like mm. so i got one of those uh models that uh
0: you got one of the <coughs> first sets yeah because it was like the first uh three models that did that and then they cut it out for for price and that's when they dropped they were able to drop the price
1: yeah uh but yeah what about you, Corey? What would you do to change your, your, uh, the PS4, or Xbox One, or PC gaming? What would you do to change it up? I'd work to actually make
2: them backwards compatible with PS3 and PS2. And PS1.
1: There you go.
0: Well, as far as, like, the backwards compatibility, yes, that's always going to be, like, a big thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The, uh,. The biggest thing on my side is because they're no longer gaming consoles. The only true gaming console left is uh, Nintendo. And even they're starting to kind of, or at least with the Wii U, they were kind of pushing away from the gaming system because they added some of the like different apps like YouTube and stuff like that on it. But with PlayStation and Xbox they're 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 now entertainment consoles because you can watch TV, you can play games, you can get on the web and different things like that. It's not a true gaming console.
2: Mm,
0: yeah. So, like as far as I would go to improve, um I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with those, but market them as what they are and not as a gaming console.
1: Yeah. Any other thoughts on that?
0: First, PC gaming goes... They just need to, like... Make hardware... For PCs cheaper. Well, yeah. (laughs) So I can update things. So I can play new games.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing with all these... Kind of, like... Yeah, like, if you want to go build a new modern PC... It's not going to be cheap. And, uh, that's... that's... Well,
0: if you want to build a good modern PC... You're going to be dropping, like, a couple of grand, at least.
1: Yeah. And that's one that's going to be ahead of the curve, so to speak, yeah. right? Like, well, know, if you want to go out there and go make a console that's on, or a PC that's on par with, like, the PlayStation 4 uh, Pro or the PlayStation 4 Slim, you could probably do something like that. And it would probably be, like, 50 to 100 bucks more than what you you would buy the, the, uh, the console for, so... I mean, you can do actually stuff like that.
0: no. It'd be it'd, it'd be
1: a bit more expensive. Like, how much is the pro right now? I think the pro is like four hundred USD.
0: Now you're looking you're looking at least like five to six hundred dollars more for something to match the PS4 Pro. Because you're looking at least at at least a grand to get a a system that would match that.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess because uh, well, they would have probably gotten um, some kind of, they would have gotten something to basically get the uh, 4K resolution up there. So probably a new graphics card or something like that. But
0: uh, yeah, well, I mean, I was looking when I was in Korea. I was looking at building a uh, computer there because they actually have stores where you can go in and it's you can go in and simply. You can go in and buy parts separate and build it yourself. Okay. Or you can go in there and drop, like, $1,500 and go, I want that, 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 and that, and that. And they will put it into a system. And then you pick your case with the motherboard, and they build it for you, like, right there.
1: Yeah, a lot of places will do that. It's pretty pretty neat when they do that. Um, yeah, there's, like, a computer shop... Well, franchise near where I live, and yeah, you pay them something. You pay, you choose your parts, and then you pay them like fifty bucks extra, and they'll basically build it for you. So yeah, but it's not bad. this, This isn't.
0: This is like like in Korea, it's like mom and pop shops.
1: Yeah, like
0: it's not even. It's not even like a computer store. It's like there's an entire alley in the city that I was going to, that it's just nothing but computer shops all down that alley
1: nice um okay let's move on to Henry's email nerds what is the most or what are the most anticipated games for this year or are your most anticipated games for this year start with Corey because you haven't heard from it in a while Corey yeah. what are your most anticipated <laughs> games for this year
2: uh let's see I guess what's coming out uh Persona 5 that's my number one on the list got that Persona series is good
1: Yes. Persona five.
2: Yeah, Persona on five. Next game on PS4. we been watching gameplay demos. Watched on I was going to Japan, and yeah, looking forward to it. Cool.
0: Well, anything in the Shin Mengumi series has been good lately.
2: Oh yeah, they've been on a, they've been on a roll. Cool. Let's see. There's also uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. Uh. Horizon Zero Dawn comes out in about what a week and a half. Yeah, uh, that pre-ordered. Uh, Ghost Recon Wildlands. I played the closed bit of that. That was pretty fun, so I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, that's my list for now. I think that's it. Cool.
1: What about you, John? What are you looking forward to? Um,
0: well, really, right now, there's only like three big games that I'm looking forward to. One being, of course, Horizon. Uh, Breath of the Wild, and, uh, Bloodstorm, the expansion for Final Fantasy XIV, coming out in June.
1: Mm. Uh, yeah, for me, the only two I can really think of, I'm sure there's gonna be more, but for now at least, it's, uh, the Friday the 13th game that's coming out, I'm really excited for that. Uh, I've been watching gameplay of that, and just, it looks like such a fun multiplayer experience. Uh... Kind of something that you know, like in the vein of like a Left 4 Dead or whatever. It's basically about you and your crew basically trying to survive against the one lone uh, Jason. Uh, so that looks fun, and then Red Dead Redemption Two comes out this fall. I think that one's that's gonna be a really fun game. I mean, I like all of uh, Rockstar's open world games, but uh, yeah, I feel like this is gonna be this is gonna be good, especially because GTA five was so much fun, but like they're going back to the old west.
0: well i'm just sitting here going with red De- with this i haven't seen anything on red dead redemption 2 i mean i've seen stuff on the first one
1: mm-hmm.
0: but i i mean it just seemed like at the end of the original one they they kind of like closed it off so like it was like it was done like so i'm guessing it's a totally new story it has nothing to do with the original story
1: uh well we don't know i mean it looks like there well there has been uh some sort of like thing done where people basically took the poster and sort of highlighted like hey here's john marston in this poster and all this so he might show up but we don't it's not confirmed yet so
2: yeah i'm like saying it's like a prequel series when back when him and the gang roamed together
1: yeah uh I mean, prequel that's, set okay that's kind of the running theory right now is that's that's what it is. Which, uh, that makes sense. Like, you sort of have them uh, rolling together. Plus, I mean, it's kind of funny because I feel like with the success of uh, the last game and all that, you sort of would have to think having John Marston in there somewhere would just be like, uh, kind of like a thing they'd go for, right? Like, hey, how much John Marston can we get in here? It's like, he died. It's like, oh, How much can we get him in here for?
0: Yeah. So I mean, like the prequel the prequel aspect could be good. Yeah. Which a lot of like, oh, we we killed off the main character. How are we gonna do another one? It's like, oh, let's go back in time and let's go to before that one.
1: Yeah. Well I guess that's kind of the the part of it, right? Like I I'm looking forward to the fact that, you know, we're gonna get more of that universe. Also to red dead redemption came at like the tail end of like westerns as a whole like just the uh, in that story like they were basically on the verge of industrialism so cowboys were on their way out so if you go back in time to a bit more of the heyday of the cowboy i think that could be really cool uh yeah, but yeah we'll see we'll see i guess i'll add mass effect andromeda to that list as well um i'm excited to see what they do with that story
0: um, I gotta finish. The, I gotta finish the first three first, and then I'll probably be excited for that story.
1: Yeah, well that's part of it, right? Because,
0: like, as far as as far as the story goes for Mass Effect: Andromeda, is it like a, it's a sequel, right?
1: No, it's its own thing. It's uh, almost like a reboot of the franchise. So, so you're I mean, still It's not playing... it,
2: it the story, but I mean, they send them like far away, hundreds of years into the. A... Drama galaxy.
1: Well, basically, it doesn't sound like well, the first like,
0: game is going to impact. My question, my question is, is the main character the main character is not Shepard because at the end of no. the of the series, of course, of what happens with Shepard, but uh, is it like somebody related to him, or are we getting a, an entirely new main character?
1: New main character. Okay. So I don't know if you have to play the first three games to get this one, but I mean, I'm sure it doesn't hurt either. To that probably that doesn't.
0: Yeah. I mean, a lot of times if you're trying to like restart a series, you're not going to make it to where you have to play the ones before it. Like with Resident Evil 7, you, ne- you didn't have to play any of the ones before it to kind of go, this is fucked up.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't, didn't take uh, long to be like, oh no, this is definitely a Resident Evil game. It's
0: like, I understand why they call it Resident Evil
1: now. Yeah. Also, it's kind of funny going back to Resident Evil. I'm like, hey, when when was the last time we had a game that all took place in one house? You don't get too many games like that nowadays. So. Yeah, well, I mean,
0: as far as Resident Evil's go, the last... The last one that did that was, what, was it Code Veronica? No, Code Veronica wouldn't. I think the last one was Zero, Resident Evil Zero, which was, like, a prequel to
1: One. But it also, like, took place on a train and stuff like that too, right? Uh,
0: In Zero, Zero, no. Zero was just, uh, it was a mansion like the first one. Oh, okay. Uh... The second one was the it was most of like you traveled around Raccoon City and then you went, went down into the hive, oh, and yes. you left on the train in the hive. Uh, three was in Raccoon City, but a little before two. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't remember if that had the train setting. Yeah uh I think code Veronica started on a ship oh Well, good so they all kind of scattered out and kind of did their own things, but uh one and zero were the only ones that were really like here you're in this mansion you can't leave this grounds area kind of kind of yeah. setting
1: I thought it was very uh ballsy of uh. Resident Evil having to be like that It's like, yeah, don't, not well, too many I mean, games do that these days
0: Well, it's its They, they went back to their roots, kind of like The announcement for Call of Duty Yeah <laughs> It's we, like, like, Call of Duty's Going back to their roots uh, Resident Evil already did that <laughs>
1: <laughs> It's like, yeah guys We're going back to our roots, we're only going to have one Nuke that we drop on you guys Not several
0: Yeah Yeah and yeah. it's only if you're on the Nagasaki or Hiroshima maps.
1: <laughs> so realistic.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, the the original Call of Duty games were based around World War One and Two.
1: Yeah, like that would actually um, that would, you know, be a pretty realistic thing, right? Or if you do call yeah. it if you do call it a nuclear bomb, for instance. Uh, it would take, like, ages because they would have to get loaded onto the plane and the plane would have to fly out there. And it would just be like, hmm, I'm sure there's more efficient ways for us to do this. Yeah. All right. Finally, most from Clark Nerds. With games like Doom, Wolfenstein, and Quake getting rebooted for modern audiences, what's an older game you'd like to see revitalized? What about you, Corey? That's a tough one. Hmm. What's a game franchise you'd love to see revitalize?
2: I like to see Spyro make a comeback.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're getting Crash, so why not, right? Yeah, I think Crash is coming back.
2: We, have, we got you got Ukulele coming in, which is basically a spiritual successor to Banjo Kazooie. So yeah, bring Cra- bring Spyro back. No more Skylanders bullshit. Just Spyro. <sighs>
1: hmm.
0: I thought the the new Skylanders was like. One of the new Skylanders games coming out was going to be like specifically Spyro-based, but I don't know. Eh,
2: I'm heard about that.
0: I, I think I just seen something and it was just highlighting Spyro, though. I'm not into, I'm not 100 sure on that one.
1: Yeah, I haven't really been catching up to date with those Skylanders things, so I couldn't tell you either. But
0: uh... Uh, me either. I, I last Skylanders I had anything to do with was, uh, Giants.
1: Oh, okay. But, uh, yeah. What about you, uh, John? What's, like, a franchise you'd like to see revitalized? Oh!
0: Like I said, that's a tough one. Uh... Because a lot of the... a lot of the, uh, the franchises that I've really always been into, they're still going, or, like... There's... There's two games that I was really into like, on the original NES that I would love to be, to just to be remade
1: mm-hmm.
0: with updated graphics and, and, and everything like that, uh, one being the original Legend of Zelda, mm-hmm. just redoing that, like, same layout, same everything like that, but with, like, the graphics from Breath of the Wild. Okay. And uh, the other one would be uh, the original Final Fantasy.
1: Oh, like get that done all up in a nice remake.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I would love to see. I would love to see that remade into the into a new setup. Everything like that.
1: <laughs> cool. Um. Yeah. For me, I feel like all, the. The one I like to see is uh, the Jedi Knight Dark Forces series. So, uh, if you guys don't recall, those games came out uh, in the '90s, and they were sort of like an answer. I remember use.
0: playing those.
1: Yeah, they were they were a lot of fun. Like, I kind of like the idea of like a first person.
0: Was it the second? Was it the second one you played as a, a stormtrooper? Well, Dark Forces two. Uh, no, Dark
1: Forces two. I don't think you did. Think... Dark
0: Forces 2, I think you played as a stormtrooper that awakened to the Force.
1: Well, I think that Kyle, uh, Kyle Katarn, he was the, he was, like, a former stormtrooper. I think it's his backstory. Yeah. So I think, yeah, that's probably that's probably what you're thinking. Because, yeah, yeah. I, I do know that, yeah, he sort of goes through, like, a bit of a, like, his his plot is almost not too dissimilar to, like, uh, Finn from uh, the Force
0: Awakens. Force Awakens,
1: right? yeah. Very, very. Because um, I know
0: Dark Force is like the main character. Like, it started off as a as a as a member of the Empire, and then like at a certain point in the in the in the series, you had to choose whether you wanted to be like light side or good or dark side.
1: Yeah, well, I know at the very least in the. F- uh, in the first one, he's kind of more morally kind of, like, in the middle. But then, yeah, as you get into the, the second game, they did add, like, the dark side light side. But then that one also, like, was him becoming a Jedi. But I think at that point, he had already joined the Rebellion, so I don't think he was, like, a Stormtrooper. But, uh... Dark yeah, Forces... all, I
0: remember, all I remember is the cover of Dark Forces 2 was him in the Jedi... Or not in the Jedi, but in the, uh... And the stormtrooper He outf- he's he's in the stormtrooper outfit and he's got the blaster in one hand and the lightsaber in the other.
2: Oh let's
0: see Dark Forces cover. Yeah. I think that's I think that was the the cover. I know it was
1: Oh yeah yeah yeah. Well there is the Dark Forces cover, which is uh Stormtroopers just getting blasted, but that's about it. Uh yeah, those games were good. Those were were classics. Those need to be brought back. Um, there was also like uh, I remember too. I had played the game, and then there was a uh, graphic graphic novel that came out, and I was like, "Oh man, I'm so I'm gonna pick this up and see what this is all about." It was like the same story as like the game, so I'm like, "Why did I even get this?" There's no point. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, and uh, Corey, did we get your answer? Yes, Spyro. Spyro, oh yeah. All right.
0: Yeah, he was he was the first one.
1: He was all about the Spyros. All right, uh, well that's it for Three Angry Gamers. If you like this, uh, check out our other content: Three Angry Nerds, Nerds in Love. We've got our premium content, which features the Dungeons and Dragons, which John's a pretty heavy part of, and then you also have the movie commentaries. Uh, we just put up our Super Troopers one. Which Corey, I think you would agree, it was a pretty fun commentary. It's a pretty funny movie. Um, Corey, Corey silently what? agrees. Well, I'm hungry. <laughs> I want to go. All right. Well, check us out on social social media. Rate and review us on iTunes, and uh, get Corey some food because he's hungry. Apparently, I am. Oh hungry. yeah. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Ha, <laughs> ha,